One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. It comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Omar Mualem in Edmonton. Hi, Jesse. Writer for The New Yorker, The Guardian, and other lying elite media, totally out of touch with the American people. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. We're going to talk today about how we here in the Canadian media have been responding to the Trump victory. We're going to talk about how we've been covering the uh, outbreak of uh, racist incidents since the Trump victory. And we are going to talk about uh, the RCMP spoon-feeding uh, a story to the press about their need for new powers of investigation. Good to have you back. Let's do this. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Julie Balin, Peter Burton, Brad Clark, Rebecca Temmer, Jake Bleiberg, Ian Roach, Dr. Kirchkov, and Justin Station. Justin, why did you decide to be awesome? Because when I listen to you, I know I'll hear something unexpected. I'll get insights into Canada and the media that are fresh and interesting. When I listen to you, it sounds like I'm part of a conversation, not just being dictated at. Omar, this episode is also brought to you by Fresh Books. Thanks, Fresh Books. <laughs> Thank you, FreshBooks. Very good. Yes. Thank you, FreshBooks, uh, who make the world's best cloud accounting software. More than 5 million people, small businesses, freelancers use this stuff. And if you need the thing that they're doing, if you need to send invoices, if you need to file expenses, if you need to track your time, as anyone does who is 
billing people for their services, then you should just use FreshBooks like those 5 million other people. They have rebuilt the thing from top to bottom. It saves you time. They study the effects of using FreshBooks, and the effect is it gets you paid quicker. Go to freshbooks.com slash CanadaLand. You can just use it for free for 30 days. When you decide to become a customer, tell them the Canada Land sent you. You will be doing this show a favor. So yeah, thank you, FreshBooks. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. So, Omar, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Donald Trump won the election. I, you know what? I didn't hear it. I just sort of felt it in my soul. And uh, and when he did, the Canadian media had to figure out how to respond. And basically, they responded by saying, we want one, too. Kalish, you wanted you wanted to mention something, but you you're going to be tagged with this label. Everyone's going to call you Kelly Leach is Canada's Trump. Well, what look, are you going to Evan, say? I am not a racist. I am not a person who's out groping other individuals. I know that you said Donald Trump's victory is an exciting message, which needs to be delivered here in Canada as well. Leach says she's well aware that some of her campaign messaging, as well as her support of Donald Trump, may have made her a bit of a target for some of these threats. Mr. Trump and I have a few things in common, like screening on immigrants. Leach has become a polarizing figure in the campaign, accused of bringing Trump-style politics to Canada. So we've been hearing a lot about Kelly Leach since Trump uh, won. We have have been. I can't wait until the May leadership uh, race so that we can say maybe we've reached peak Kelly Leach. 
You know, you heard the first clip there was before the Trump victory when she was being called, oh, are you, uh, you're bringing Trump to Canada? And she said, well, I'm not a racist. I don't grow up <laughs> women. She was, you know, when, when the polls were not in Trump's favor, she wanted a lot of space between her and Trump. And after he won, she was very quick to put out a message uh, saying that she's absolutely on side with Trump and supports many of his policies. And she is Canada's answer to Trump. And then the media obliged her. And uh, we have been hearing nonstop Kelly Leach. You know, it was a month and a half ago, she was polling like at 5% for uh, likelihood of becoming the conservative leader. And now I'm reading stuff that she's the front runner. We just got to say it. I think the Canadian media's response to having witnessed this horror show of the media creating this monster of Donald Trump, giving him billions in free exposure because he's good for ratings, uh, we are just like determined to recreate that process here. Like that that seems to be what we decided. Yeah, it seems like giving her that attention has um, certainly emboldened her and um, and given and given her name in the Canadian public because I'm sure that the average Canadian had no idea who Kelly Lynch was until she started going around and, you know, taking cue cards from from Donald Trump. Leech, not Lynch, Leech. I know. It's 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 all new stuff, but uh, you'll get used to it soon enough. Did I say Lynch? You said Lynch. It's okay. Oh man, I was uh, thinking of what I want to do to myself if uh, Kelly Leach wins. <laughs> Good save. I, I, I want to kind of like uh, cast this in, in a bit of a, of a broader focus, like r- immediately on the national Peter Mansbridge had Ann Coulter on after Trump won. Um, Margaret Wente, who had been very opposed to a Trump presidency, said, well, maybe he won't be so bad. It is making me nauseous. The level. Yeah, Wente's column was weird, man. It was it, I mean, it, it really read like something that. A, a 11th grader had to, you know, come up with the night of the election for class the next morning. It was so, I, I think I'm starting to realize that when she's not plagiarizing, her columns are so ill-researched. You know, when I saw Ann Coulter on, uh, on The National, and, you know, on one hand, I understand why if you're a TV show and, you know, you need to sell advertisements and you need good ratings, why someone like Ann Coulter is an irresistible guest. But the... This is sort of the normalization of a white nationalist, and and I'll even go as far as calling her an extremist. She certainly is an extremist when it comes to her views on immigration. And the reverence that Peter Mansbridge had for her on that show just made me uncomfortable. It's gross, and I think it shows how thin... Are uh, a lot has been written since Trump's victory about how Canada is now super special. You know, we were special before, but now we're super special because all the rest of the world is turning to um, nationalism and xenophobia, and so we are now unique in our wonderful progressive multiculturalism. It is as thin as a tissue, and it wasn't a slow frog getting boiled process. It was like get Ann Coulter on. That is now normal. That's now mm-hmm. a voice we can have on the national. That happened right away. So uh, you know, and that takes us into the second thing I want to talk about is well, what is normal and and the, the Hashtag not normal and, and a resistance to letting things become normal. I don't know if this is normal, but uh, what we're what you're about to hear is increasingly common since Trump won. Let's get back though to these disturbing reports about hate crimes on the rise, people being targeted. Good evening. One passenger verbally assaulted another, and the attack was racially charged. It happened on the St. Clair streetcar near Oakwood. Our Natalie Johnson is there. No, you're you punched me in my face. Why did you do this? Why did you target me? Hey, white person. Tired of political correctness? Join the alt-right. Those words were part of a poster pasted to a poll. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my country there. Yeah, that's Canada. That's my buddy there, uh, the guy who discovered... The hate white people fire. Yeah, the guy who found on his kid's school, uh, on his kid's school property, the uh, hey white people join the alt-right 
which, you know, I love how the alt-right says we're not racist and it's, hey, white people join the alt-right. Uh, that's my buddy Ian. He produced some of the early Canada Land videos. Uh, his kid plays with my kid. I don't even have to go that far. Uh, today, Canada Land got tagged in uh, the first time I, I was ever sent a piece of, uh, like, Nazi-era-looking anti-Jew propaganda, hook-nosed Jew swimming in blood with a bloody knife in his hand and is, like, tagging Canada Land. And uh, I don't even want... Uh, and it's, it seems to me to be a direct response. A swastika painted on the door of a rabbi in Ottawa. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad this stuff is being reported. Um, I know some people feel like, you know, these incidences are blown out of proportion. There's always been, uh, problems of racism in, in this country, but I think they need to be reported and not just because we need to take down Canadian exceptionalism and our smugness down a notch, though we do need to do that. But because I think people in these communities need to know that the media and therefore Canadians care that they give a shit. How is this impacting you? Uh, out in Edmonton and as a member of uh, a visible minority community, I mean, like, like, how, are you seeing this stuff? And and I want to know just, uh, do you feel like this was already happening, but now we're paying attention? Or do you, like, uh, it feels like there's an upswing in it to me. You know, I, I think back to the vandalism on the mosque in Cold Lake. I think this was about two years ago. It might have been three years ago. It was reported on widely in, in the Alberta media and, be, and, and immediately. And because of that, the community, the people who wanted to be allies came out and they cleaned up that vandalism within a matter of hours. And it was uh, truly heartening and truly inspiring. And only when we do that can we as Canadians congratulate ourselves. Um, not because racism doesn't happen here. Of course it happens here. Not because our immigration website crashed during the election, but because when it does happen, you know, we are inspired to react humanely. I mean, I, I look at Canada's embracing of Syrian refugees, and it, it it truly warms my heart every time I think about it, but I also know that it can be reversed. And if you look at the way that Germany um, embraced refugees, they embraced over a million, way more than we did. And Germans, maybe in this uh, attempt to redeem themselves uh, from Nazi Germany, they by the tens of thousands, they were coming to train stations to welcome these refugees. But a year and a half later, it's a much different conversation. They had a couple of um, terrorist attacks. There was the New Year's Eve um, rapings in Cologne. And suddenly you're starting to see public opinion shift. And a lot of people are regretting bringing them in. And, and uh, you're seeing the, the liberals in Germany really struggle with trying to convince people of these, of these liberal value, values and these tolerant values that they thought were making Germany uh, a great nation again. And so I think, you know, in Canada, um, the inevitable is that we're going to have more terrorist attacks. And if there's one on a big enough scale, even if there's a few on a small scale, it could really shift public opinion. And we can definitely move towards nativism. And, and you know, the, the liberal politicians, Justin Trudeau's um, government, they're not necessarily protected by these eternal Canadian values. Those are fluid and they can they can change. I think that government's going to be challenged about when there actually is pressure. Uh, I think the idea that they are going to somehow protect us, I think we need to apply pressure and hold them to a standard if they want if they want the optics of being, uh, of hugging the refugees at the airport, what happens when the, when the going gets tough? But, you know, uh, look, my first concern is is uh, looking at the media's response and, and we have to position ourselves here about, about what are we going to allow to be normal? The last election was a huge rejection 
of the uh, barbaric and cultural practices bullshit. Okay, the the the, the electorate said no to that. They went, and it's it, for for a while. It was generally understood that any conservatives who who pressed that button aired, and they might have cost themselves the election in doing that. And Kelly Leach was among them. For her now, because some other country got behind this to be legitimized by the media in in the very same way that uh, that Trump was built up is a big warning sign. And I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to raise a flag about that as uh, you know, and wave it as furiously as I can. I mean, I, I take a little bit of comfort in the fact that Kelly Leach is a dud. In my opinion, we, she was on Commons. She struck me as uh, like Bush league, a half wit. She hung up on the interviewer. She had no charm. Trump is a lot of fun to listen to. I didn't sense any of that yeah. from Leach. She's she's transparently a gimmick. But should we be even saying her name as much as we are? I mean, this is this is the challenge, right? One of the mistakes that American media made in in Trump is that they dismissed, you know, from from beginning to end, they dismissed just how much support he had and what people were seeing in his in his rhetoric and how that connected with them. Um, but I also think that they need to call her on her dog whistle bullshit. I mean, when when she talks about testing immigrants for Canadian values, she's talking specifically about is the so-called Islamic invasion and Sharia law, these completely bogus fears that are perpetuated by the right. They're not talking about Filipinos, they're not talking about Chinese people. They're talking about a fear of Muslims. I think media media needs we need to be calling people out on that stuff and we need to be challenging them on that stuff because if she's just saying we need to be testing them on Canadian values and that we need better immigration screening of course that sounds great of course that's going to sound great to the Canadian public but you know there's something very dark beneath it there's a, there's a more in-depth conversation I want to have on a future episode about exactly what the media got wrong in other senses because you can you can make a very strong argument for either side you could either say that that in its barrage of anti-Trump messaging, the media completely took the temperature wrong of the people who were for Trump. Or you can say that the media, in a wider sense, starting with The Apprentice, built Trump, which I believe is absolutely true. Donald Trump was normalized and seen as this cute political figure instead of the monster that I think he he is. I think that, that the biggest mistake that those who did not want to see Trump win made was not attacking the policies themselves as vigorously as they could. The Democrats should have gone Goldwater on Trump, okay? If if Goldwater wins, nuclear annihilation. If Trump wins, we should have seen the images of what he promised is going to happen. We should have seen the images of families being separated from each other and thrown into vans by some Im- Im- immigration squad. He's promised that that's going to happen. We should have seen videos of women thrown into jail for having abortions. Well, they, they, would, they wouldn't have had to struggle to find videos of people being deported because under Obama's administration, more people had been deported than American history. So it wouldn't have been that difficult. Um, there, you know, there, there was a really great podcast that did do this, do a very good job of this. And um, it came a little too late. It came, it came out just in the last like eight weeks of the election. It's called the United States of Anxiety on WNYC. I don't know if I'm allowed to just give it a plug, but do listen to it because I felt like that was some of the most sensible coverage of what is happening in America right now and what could happen in Canada as well. I got into a little argument with uh, Ezra Levant when he called out the Globe and Mail for a, uh, an editorial, an opinion piece headline that called Trump a fascist. And he said, oh, this, is, this just shows how out of touch the media is. They're calling him a fascist. And I got in there and I said, well, look, words have meaning, okay? Like fascist has kind of lost its meaning. We throw it around as an epithet. Anybody, we, you know, oh, you're a fascist if you're trying to describe a right winger in, in, in a pejorative sense. And then there's like, you know, parties that call themselves fascist. But fascist has a distinct meaning. It actually has a meaning. 
And if we're going to expand this to talk about how should the media deal with Trump, it is just accurate to call him America's fascist president-elect. And that's completely against the grain of the way the media is going. We're normalizing him. We have to show respect to the office. But if you actually look, what is fascist? Like if you go back to like the basic definition of a bundle of, of sticks bound by an axe, the idea that we must all, we are stronger if we're all united in one purpose. And if anyone strays, the power of the state cuts us down violently. That is fascism. That is Trumpism. We can go through it point by point. Every like it, It's what I was taught in school of like, never let this happen again to anyone. Here's how you'll know it. Uh, a leader cult, militarism, hyper-nationalism, uh, othering someone, de- defining yourself in opposition, the theatricality of it. And saying, get out of our way if you have a problem with our authority. That's right. And, and authority over rule of law. If the laws don't work, we'll, we'll, we'll change the laws. We'll change the laws to lock up our enemies. We'll, we'll change the libel laws to lock up the press. Uh, we'll go after our political enemies that, you know, this, this is, I am not talking from a position of opinion, look up fascism any way you want to define it. It is an exaggeration to compare Trump to Holocaust Hitler. It is merely accurate to compare Trump to uh, democratically elected pre-Holocaust Hitler. Yes, of course. And, and, and we, we are living in a time of unprecedented peace, and it makes us blind to when these things are actually re-emerging. Bringing up some lost golden age, it's just we we were warned. I've been warned all my life to, to look for the signs. We've seen every sign, and now we've got to decide how we're going to... Like, basically, everybody's got to decide, do you want to fight fascism or not? Omar, let's note some things. All right, let's let's note some things. Can, can we note first that this segment is called Duly Noted and that I hand it, had a hand in naming it? No, absolutely. Let us never forget, <laughs> never forget that Omar named Duly Noted. Wow. Um, I want to bring up a piece in the Globe and Mail about the Victor mine, about uh, a diamond mine that happens to be uh, very controversial because there's uh, methylmercury poisoning and local indigenous communities uh, have been wildly against this. The Globe and Mail piece doesn't really get into that. It, it grazes it, but it doesn't quote anybody who is speaking from an environmentalist perspective or from the indigenous community's perspective. And that might be because the piece was funded by that diamond mine. They funded the travel and accommodations for the reporter. That's right. Partially funded uh, the, the coverage itself. However, the, the article itself would not exist. It, it was not one of those things where, you know, we're going to go anyhow, so can you pay for us to go, which itself is problematic. This came out of the, the Globe's, whatever you call it, uh, sponsored content shop, where they say, we'll write an article about your field. You won't have any say in what's in the article, but that'll be something that will be matched with an ad that'll go beside the article, and you'll pay for the expenses of this trip. So Deidre Kelly goes uh, to the Victor Mine. She, she, you know, there's balance in there in that she mentions the existence of these uh, controversies, but quotes no one from that side of things. Globe and Mail public editor Sylvia Stead later admits that the article that was basically, you know, funded and exists because of the Diamond Mine uh, lacked balance. And then we discover, and and you can find on our site, that there is uh, an Instagram picture of a gift from Burks. Uh, a jewelry box and bag uh, from Burks to Deidre, Deidre Kelly. Burks, uh, I believe, was the, one of the first retail retailers of diamonds from the Victor Mine. I don't know anything about the relationship between Burks and De Beers and this advertorial and Deidre Kelly beyond that, except that Deidre has written a number of sort of lifestyle pieces about 
the diamond industry and the players profiling their homes. So there's an exchange of gifts. There's a funding of this trip. And then there's a piece where no one is quoted about the methylmercury poisoning. File this one under Canada during reconciliation. Duly noted. What do you got, Omar? I have uh, some happenings in uh, in Alberta politics and Alberta conservatism that I that I think that the uh, rest of the country should pay attention to. I think lots of Canadians have the impression that Alberta made this huge swing to the left with the uh, NDP as its uh, provincial government and everything's peachy keen, but the conservative backlash has been fierce and it seems to be taking a hard right in a lot of ways. You know, we have our own Kelly Leeches and we have, uh, you know, the one and only Jason Kenney trying to unite the right as an ideologue and not necessarily as a politician for the people. I'm going to duly note two opinion pieces. Uh, one is by Paula Simons of the Edmonton Journal. The article is called Alberta Politics Must Resist, Resist Temptation of Trump's Toxic Bro-Lash. She's talking about uh, sort of this hard right in Alberta conservatism, but also two women who are leaving the PC leadership race in the province because of sex, sexist harassment and intimidation. And the other article is by Danielle Paradis, of Metro Edmonton, and it's an open letter to Derek Fildebrandt uh, from a thin-skinned woman. Uh, Derek Fildebrandt is with the Wild Rose Party, the far-right party here, and he's very much taking some cues from Donald Trump, and this is a response to his Trump-style politics and his dismissal and mockery of uh, so-called political correctness. So I think those are two articles worth reading, and uh, I think it comes as no surprise that they are both from women in journalism as well. We'll throw the links up on the site if people want to read those. Thank you. Duly noted. Omar, I want to thank our second sponsor, ShipStation. If you sell stuff online, you know that the holidays can be crazy. Get ahead of that. Try ShipStation. It is the fast and easy way to manage and ship all of your holiday orders ShipStation will help you get orders out quickly and keep your customers happy. And it doesn't matter. You can be selling things on Shopify, Squarespace, Etsy, a hundred others, whatever they are. ShipStation brings all of those orders to one places, makes it easy to manage them. One interface spits out labels for the right solution. Is it FedEx? Is it Canada Post? Is it UPS? It is the number one choice of online sellers. Try it now so you will have a successful holiday season. Try it out for free for 30 days. And listeners of this podcast get something on top of that, a special bonus. Only if you use the offer code CanadaLand. Do not wait. Go to shipstation.ca. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in CanadaLand. That is shipstation.ca. Offer code CanadaLand. A Toronto Star CBC News investigation has obtained unprecedented access to internal RCMP criminal case files. 20 years ago, we used to be able to intercept almost 100% of communications, lawfully intercept communications. Would you not expect the police to carry out every possible avenue in order to solve the murder of their loved one? When we use an investigative technique, quite often, we disclose it in court. Can I summarize this one for you, Omar? Yeah, please. So as you heard there, uh, the CBC and the Toronto Star working in collaboration obtained some top secret RCMP files. That sounds really sexy for investigative journalism. They've obtained these top secret RCMP files. However, did they obtain top secret RCMP files? Uh, the RCMP called them up and offered them access to a bunch of top secret RCMP files. Why would the RCMP do that? 
you might ask, Omar. Why would the RCMP do that? Please tell me. You know, it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> the reason why they did that is because they wanted some news articles to be written. And the news articles that the news articles they wanted written and the news articles that were written were about RCMP cases where they were hot on the heels of a criminal, a child abuser, a terrorist, but then they were blocked because they couldn't decrypt the the communications that were encrypted by these no good nicks or the, or they didn't have the power to make a suspect unlock their phone well that's just it because it is a technical impossibility you can pass whatever law you want you can't break encryption what you can do and what the cops want to do is to make it against the law to withhold your password from the cops if they have you know suitable warrant or whatnot and this breathless coverage, it's like a five-part series running in the Star, running uh, in the CBC. Reporters that I think have done wonderful work in the past, uh, including Robert Cribb and Dave Seglins, are basically giving the RCMP exactly the, the press that they want, these sensitive with emotional music playing. We just want to catch the bad guys. Yeah, that Toronto Star video, the, the music on it, it almost felt like a... Um, corporate training video at times. There was something very weird about it. Very strange. But, you know, this, these are long feature stories. And I, I am shocked and appalled that lacking from any of this coverage so far, they have some, you know, they've got some privacy advocates talking and, you know, people just glaze over like, on the one hand, we're preventing terrorism and murder and child abuse. On the other hand, privacy advocates have some concerns. That, no, 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 no. Let's hold on a second here. The reason why it's against the law for the cops to force you to hand over your password is because we have our version of the Fifth Amendment here in Canada. You legally don't have to incriminate yourself. There's nothing in law that forces you to incriminate. That's, that's a charter law. That's a basic that you should not be forced to incriminate yourself. And if giving the cops access to your entire digital communication might incriminate you, there, th that is a fundamental that you shouldn't have to do that. I actually found the Toronto Star article to be, the, the text, the, the printed article anyway, to be um, a little bit more um, balanced and, and critical. You know, they brought in the context that CSIS was illegally spying on Quebec journalists, for example, right? And that, and that was brought up pretty early into Not the article. Not CSIS, just to correct you, is the Montreal cops were... were Sorry, yes. Okay. Uh, but but you, you, can, you can pick your poison. CSIS was just caught spying en masse on Canada. Yes. Uh, the Montreal cops were spying on journalists. The RCMP, I would need like another half hour to go even just through this year's scandals with RCMP, including a, a, a scathing... Uh, you want to talk about the RCMP and journalists look to this decision in Yellowknife where the, where the RCMP was withholding information. They, they tried to lock up a journalist just for covering them. So the RCMP, at a time when they have just been abusing their power in every imaginable way, are looking for this gross extension of police power and the CBC and the Toronto Star, and I, I agree. That, you know, in the details, this, there's more balance in the stories, Omar. But well, I, I mean, I look at the I look at the CBC's coverage of it, and you know, there's so much airspace given to the RCMP before the first critic even gets to make their their you know very very salient point, which is that police have more access to data and surveillance than ever before, and. As the BC Civil Liberties Association says, we're in a golden age of, of data. So um, so I, I, I like the Toronto Star article a little bit more. I mean, there is something to be said for the RCMP's point, and it's probably just spin, but, you know, we should be having a public debate about this. I think in this country, we don't talk about 
privacy laws and surveillance nearly as much as we should. The CBC stonewalled the Snowden story as as you had broken in in your interview with Glenn Greenwald. You know, I I think that there is a lack of maturity about this conversation in Canada. And hopefully something like this can lead to a little bit more of a mature conversation about whether or not the, the RCMP do need to you know, have their have their um, authority expanded. And if that is true, then they need to prove it. And right now, I don't think that they they are, you know, there were 29,000 terrorist deaths in the world last year, uh, fewer than in 2014, but in more countries than ever. And were there any deaths in Canada? Um, I will thank the police and the RCMP and CSIS every day for the fact that Canada is a safe place and you know but I don't think that that is necessarily an invitation for them to have more pa- power to surveil this is how it goes man the police will always through the police chiefs association through their PR efforts uh, through trying to woo journalists with access to top secret files I don't blame them they will always be trying to do their jobs better. It is not their job to protect your civil liberties. It's, a jo- it's their job to, to obey the law, but they are always going to be trying to get more access. They could solve a lot more crimes if they could just walk into our homes, right? So that is always their political position. Their political position will always be, we need more powers, right? It is the media's job to check that and scrutinize that. The Toronto Star article that you felt was an improvement on the CBCs, that might be true in the text of the article. Most people don't get past the headlines and pictures. Here's the headline of the Toronto Star article. Top secret RCMP files show digital roadblocks thwarting criminal investigations in Canada. Here's the deck. In the digital age with antiquated laws diminishing police powers. That is a headline that is absolutely affirming a very controversial police position. It, and it happens to not be You're true. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We do not right. have diminishing police powers in the digital age. Police powers have never been greater. They, As as, as Michael Vaughn said in the video, and as, as, as you just reiterated, the cops have never had more of our information. So for the star to put in a headline that we have antiquated laws and diminishing police powers, it's bullshit. And we need our journalists to grow a pair and stop getting so excited that they have access to top secret files and turning these massive news organs into publicity vehicles for the cops. That is your Canada Land Shortcuts. Hope you enjoyed it. You can email me anytime at jesse at canadalandshow.com. And we are on Twitter at Canada Land. Omar, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, too, at Omar underscore A-O-K. Our website is CanadaLandShow.com, where you can get links to the stuff we talked about and uh, read some of the stories that we discussed today. Our crowdfunding site is Patreon.com slash CanadaLand. This weekend, guys, this Sunday, the Imposter live show, Degrassiland in Toronto, 9.30 p.m. at the Bloor Hot Docs Cinema. Check it out. We have the creator of Degrassi. We have uh, cast members and stories and weirdness from 40 years of Degrassi. This is going to be something different and special. Uh, and tickets will be available at the door 930 this Sunday. I make this show with Katie Jensen. Syndication of Canada Land is handled by Russell Gragg. If you like what we do, please support us. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. 
And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you.